Hey, aren't you proud of these ladies? How many of you guys would have been trembling to get up and share? But you know what? You've got something in you. You're supposed to be sharing it. That's why I wanted you guys, invited you to share your testimonies. That wasn't so hard, was it, to share the faithfulness of the Lord and how he brought you to him, right? These women went extra and got in front of the microphone. Thank you. The Lord actually put their faces um, before me to ask them for this. So, um, and they, they were so kind to face that challenge. So, um, I want to share a little bit of my testimony too, and just how the Lord, um, really convinced me. And I love the scripture that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I know with each of the ladies, I was like, I want you to share your testimony, but I want you to have scripture that backs that up because our words are words, but the words of the Lord have power to transform right? And it's the truth that sets us free. And we want to hear that. We want to, we want to be encouraged by testimony, but we want the truth of God's word to go deep in our hearts because we want to not be tossed about. We don't want to drift. We want to be convinced. So I am convinced of this, and I want you guys to turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to be in three different passages in 2 Corinthians. So I'm convinced that his grace is sufficient. Maybe you guys have learned that too. I bet you in this room we could all give a two-minute testimony of how we experience the sufficient grace of God. But that is something that I learned. I love the NLT says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. That's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. What does it take to convince us that God's grace is truly all we need? What does it take for us to know the, efficient, the sufficiency of his grace. Have you ever asked it that way? What does it take for me to be convinced? What must I go through to learn this lesson? Because we know sometimes you just, you can, you want to learn a lot in the classroom, right? We do our Bible studies and we go to, we listen to good sermons and we listen to podcasts and we want to learn it in the classroom. But inevitably, like a good teacher, the Lord takes us on field trips, he wants us to get hands-on, right? He takes us to Discovery Science Place, right? He wants us to get deeply connected to the thing that he's wanting to convince us of. So I want you to turn now to 2 Corinthians 1. If you've journeyed with me for very long in ministry, and I've been in ministry for 21 years now. This summer was 21 years for Tony and I in full-time ministry. Before that, we were just serving, just serving wherever we just, we always say, we just said, sure, just whatever they asked us, we said, sure. But it's been 21 years vocationally that we have been in ministry. And if you've journeyed with me for very long, and a lot of you women have, you know that I call out a lie that is so prevalent in our culture. I've probably taught this in multiple different ways. If you've sat across the table or on my couch, I've told you this. But there is a lie that I think that we've grabbed hold of, that we wrestle with, because we hear this scripture, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And then we've heard a lie that's taught to us that God won't put anything on us that we can't handle. And that is a lie. I just want to call that out right now. Now, he says that there's no temptation that's come on you that he will not give you way of escape. You got to look for the exit, though. He's given you the way of escape, just like we see exits all over this building. But you got to watch for that. The lie that he won't put anything on you that you can't handle is in direct conflict with our daily lives, is it not? I wake up every morning facing things that are beyond my 
capabilities. I don't know about you guys. Do, do you ever feel incompetent? <laughs> do you ever feel out of your depth? Do many things feel above your pay grade? Do you ever find yourself in situations where you're like, I don't have that kind of strength. I don't have that kind of capacity. I don't even have that kind of willpower. You're like, I, I can't face this. And yet the world's told me that he's not going to put anything on me. I can't handle. And then guess what gets piled on us? Just shame upon shame and guilt and frustration because we're like, I should be superwoman. I should be wonder woman. I should be able to handle this because God said he wouldn't put anything on me that I can't handle. But nowhere does it say that. Nowhere in the word of God does it say that. In fact, it says the opposite. And right here in second, I remember when I read, I remember the first time when we came into full-time ministry, I had, I had read the Bible before. I mostly kept it under my pillow because I would have really bad dreams and I thought that helped. I just thought proximity probably works. <laughs> um, and it must have because the Lord really protected me through that. But when we came into full-time ministry, I recognized I need to know this. I need to get in this. And, I, and I'd gotten a, Tony had actually gotten me this little NIV study Bible. It was my first study Bible, and I, you know, I'd read everything on there. And, and then this is a different Bible that he got me that I love. It's NLT. And I remember reading this passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians 1, and then this just light bulb going off of recognizing that, hello, I've been believing a lie. And because of that lie, there's been subsequent shame and guilt that somehow I'm not enough, that somehow I'm not strong enough, that somehow I should be doing better. So listen to what he says in, in verse 8. He's commending them, and he talks about the mercy of the Lord and is comforting us in all these troubles so that we can comfort others, by the way. That's what he's saying. Go, take the time to read 2 Corinthians. But in verse 8, he says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. This was before social media, so they weren't taking selfies of them being chased out of cities with clubs and rocks. So he, 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 you just had to let them know through letter. He says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. Do you see that right there? Crushed and overwhelmed beyond their ability to endure. I am convinced that each of us have faced something, maybe today, if not this week or in this season, that has surpassed your ability to endure. Be it a relationship, be it COVID, it's just surpassed their ability to endure. And he said, we thought we would never live through it. They despaired unto death. He said, in fact, we expected to die. They were in situations that surpassed their physical, their emotional, and their personal spiritual ability to endure. And he says, but as a result, I don't know what your version says right there in verse 9. He says, we expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. So they're like, okay, so I might die, but hey, hey, Jesus raises the dead. You know, they're like, okay, if I perish, I perish. They reach that place like our Queen Esther had to do. If I perish, I perish. As a result of what they went through, as a result of something surpassing their ability to endure, they became convinced of something. They became convinced of the sufficient grace of God that he could get them through. And he can, and he does. Verse 10, and he did rescue us from mortal danger 
and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. I want you to know that rescue right there doesn't just mean to pull you from peril. It actually means to draw to himself. He draws us to him in those times, gets us through those. He says, and you are helping us by praying for us. And he goes on and he's, he's, he's so He's so passionate in the way that he is communicating with him. In verse, in chapter four, I want you guys to turn there. Again, I hope you make a study of this. In chapter four, he says, in verse five, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach, because you know what? Would it be worth it? All those beatings? Just preaching about yourself, all that persecution, all those trials, all that stuff that's beyond their ability, would that be worth it? We would all hang it up. It's got to be about Christ, dude. He's like, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what makes it worth it. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, let there be light in the darkness. And he has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now, look at verse 7, chapter 4, verse 7. We now have this light shining in our hearts. We ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are oppressed on every side by troubles. Can you say that? We are. We are. Are we not? We are. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed. Can I get amen? amen. I am perplexed this season of history. This is weird. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we get up again. <laughs> but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our mortal bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, but so that the life of Jesus will be evident. In our dying bodies. He goes on in verse 16. That is why we never give up. That's why we never give up. I know you've probably faced things that you have said. I beg to differ. It, I, I couldn't get through it. There's no way. I want to I promise you of something. There's three things that are available to you. When you face something that surpasses your ability to endure or maybe surpasses your ability, don't even put in, endure. Every day I face something as a mom, as a wife, as a minister, living, working in this world that confronts my ability, that I'm not enough in. Am I in good company? Things that I just, I'm like, I'm just, it's so far out. It's so far out of my reach. But when I stop, like these women have just declared in their testimonies, and they stop, and they start to remember who Jesus is and what he's done for them, there is a reservoir, and I want you guys to know that, that there is a reservoir of three things that the Lord has for you when you, take, when you find yourself in that place. 
that has surpassed your ability to fill in the blank. There's a reservoir of God's strength. There's a reservoir of his power. And there's a reservoir of his grace. Those three things. But it's a reservoir. It's reserved for that. I've said this before. There's no grace for the vain imagination. There's not grace for the things you're dreading. There's grace for the things you're in. You got to get to those things first. But so often we're over here paralyzed in the dread and the fear of what if that we won't take that step. We won't go that extra measure. We just find ourselves hiding and self-comforting and, and self-medicating you know, medicating. instead of saying there's going to be a reservoir of strength and power and grace when I get there. But I got to get there and he will get me through it. We need to be convinced of that, that his grace truly is sufficient when we are weak. I had to learn that. Did you? That is like daily practice. It's like reviewing Emma Kate. She started fourth grade this year, this last week. And um, I don't know how this always sneaks up on us, but the times table, they're from the devil. <laughs> and um, it just takes so much practice. And there's been tears and gnashing of teeth from me, from her. It's awful. I would outsource that. Anybody want to help me take her and get these things learned? There's, there's just things that you have to practice out. You just got to do the hard work to learn it. And then you think you've done it, and then the nines table shows up, and you realize, I don't know my times table. <laughs> and you start doing finger tricks. There are just things that will, and I think that if we could become convinced, like when they are, because we are, we are, right? We are, we are hunted. We are knocked down. If we can wrap our heart and our mind around that, we so often want comfort and ease and the path of least resistance. I'm with you. I get it. I'm like, I want the shortest route from A to B, and I really don't want anybody crying between it. And we can get so consumed with our ease and with our comfort and that everything is convenient and, com and you know, convenient that we will not put ourselves in the situations where the Lord's saying, I'm trying to teach you something. I'm trying to show you that my grace is sufficient. I'm wanting you to get your legs up underneath you. I'm wanting you to get strong in this area because I'm wanting to entrust you in another area. But I don't want you to dread. I don't want you to have fear. I want you to face this and know that, yes, you're weak. But my power is made great. My power works right there. It works in that place of weakness. That takes practice. It just does. So the next time, which might be when you get home, because I know, I don't know about y'all, I'm coming home to a dirty house. And I, I, I'm gonna, I know it. I'm just preparing myself now. And my weakness is I can't believe I'm walking into this mess. Just say, Lord, your grace is sufficient. It's going to get me through. Did you know? The definition of grace simply is all that God is made available to us. So all that he is has been made available to us in every situation where there it seems really simple and insignificant or it seems insurmountable, surpassing your ability. All that God is has been made available to us. And to access that is to stop and say, you're all I need. You're all I need. Let him come through for you in that way. And like we heard, it might come through in ways we didn't think. But he does come through. He comes through every time. He's good. He's good. I want to encourage you guys as we end with Psalms 46, 
You can write it down. You don't have to turn there unless you want to. I'm going to read actually the whole thing because I just think it's important for the context and the full scope of what King David is saying here. God is our refuge and strength. Do we believe that? All right. Always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and let them foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed from the very break of day. God will protect it. Look at verse 6. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. When you look at the full scope of what he's saying, I don't know that we're, we're apt to stand still when there's earthquakes, mountains are crumblings, the ocean's roaring, there's war, nations are in chaos. How still are we standing in those kinds of situations? How still do we get, you know, when we're standing still, like, we, like the girls said, waiting upon him, we can actually listen. If we're running frantically, searching, trying to control, God bless us. We're focusing on the circumstances, the situations. Being still means you're centering on the Lord, knowing that he's God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. You guys, ask the Lord to convince you that his grace is sufficient. It's going to get you through every time. And you're going to stand on the other side of these surpassing things and recognize and, and feel and experience a power and a strength and a grace that you've never knew could be there for you. But it's there. It is there. And it's for you. It's for you. And you need to be convinced of that.